Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Let me give you our theme verse for uh, the series. We'll jump right into it. It's in Colossians 2, 6 through 7. It says, so then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as your Lord, continue to live your lives in him. So when we give our lives to Christ, when we give our hearts to him, it's not a finish line. It's a starting line. When you say yes to Jesus, it is your starting line where you hopefully will continue to live your lives in him, continue to pursue him. I hope you will get some notes out today and follow along, by the way. Um, Take notes today. And it says, how do you wanna continue to live your lives in him? Well, rooted and built up in him. Get rooted and built up in him. Strengthen in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. My prayer and Jennifer's prayer for our church this year is that that as a church, you guys would be rooted in Christ this year, that your roots would grow deeper, that you would continue to live your lives in him, that if you've got to a point in your life where you're just kind of like, you've hit some rocky ground, you feel like you're just stagnant, that this year you'd burst through that rocky ground. You get a little more rooted, not only rooted, but you would be strengthened in your faith, that your faith would come alive this year, that your faith would be expanded this year, and then that you would be overflowing with thankfulness. Man, I want to live my life overflowing with thankfulness. I want to wake up every morning and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm thankful for breath in my lungs. I'm thankful for air this morning to breathe. I'm thankful for another day to be alive. And so that's my prayer for you. And it really does affect you getting rooted in him. We all have roots and we want our spiritual roots to go down, down deep. See, if you've got deep roots, man, when the wind comes, when the storm comes, man, you're going to bend, but you won't break because you're rooted into something. You built your house on a sure foundation. But here's the thing about your spiritual roots. When it comes to prayer, when it comes to some of the disciplines that grow you uh, in, in Christ and strengthen your faith, you know what? You can hide it really easy. You can come to church and put a smile on and be okay. And everybody around you think you're growing. But on the inside, you're dry. On the inside, you're, 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 you're withering away. Because your spiritual roots, guys, I love what Nikki Gumbel says. He says, your spiritual roots are the part of your life that no one else sees. They really are your secret life with God. You have a secret life with God. You have some things that you do that only God knows. The prayers that you pray, the time spent in your word, and I wanna strengthen that. I wanna see your spiritual roots, the things that nobody else may see grow this year. I wanna see them go six inches deeper. You don't have to, you know, go a mile deep this year, but what if you just went another inch deeper? What if you just grew a step this year and then next year you grew another step? So maybe this year it's not about just all the goals you have, you know, to, to grow your business and, to, you know, to, to get healthier and all that. Maybe you'd have some spiritual goals and your spiritual goal would just be get rooted in him a little bit more that you would continue to live your lives in him. And you know what I know? All of you want to do that. No, he just wakes up and says, you know what? I hope this year I just stay the same. I hope at the end of the year, I don't grow in Christ. And I think you all want to grow in Christ, just sometimes it's hard. Life gets in the way. It can be tough. 
You wanna pray, but sometimes you can get busy. There can be the notifications. There can be the kids screaming in your ear, all the distractions. And so I think you want this. And so last week we talked about one of the best ways to grow deeper roots is prayer. And this week I wanna talk about another spiritual discipline that is really important to us. And it is the word of God. There is nothing that will grow your roots deeper than getting in the word of God. The word of God, Hebrews 4.12 says this, and I love it, for the word of God is alive and powerful. Another version says this, that the word of God is living and active. Did you know that? That the word of God is alive and it's powerful, it's living and active. It goes on to say it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It can pierce through the joint and marrow. In other words, the word of God has the potential to weave its way in exactly where it needs to go into your life, all the way to the core of who you are. But when it comes to the word of God, there's a lot of reasons why maybe we struggle reading our Bible. Again, I think everybody that's given their lives to Christ, they actually want to grow in this area. Nobody has a Bible and says, I don't wanna read it. No, I think you, there's something in you that desires to pick it up, that desires to want to grow in that area. But there's reasons why sometimes you don't pick it up. Maybe you just have a busy lifestyle. Anybody busy out there? It's okay. Look around you, join the club. There's other people with their hands raised. We're all busy. And so busyness sometimes can keep you from from engaging in the word of God. Maybe you open up the Bible and you're like, the language is just confusing. It's confusing to me. It's like all the these and thous and, you know, Old Testament, New Testament and 66 books. What in the world? I, I don't even know where to begin. And so maybe you lack guidance. You're like, I wanna read the Bible, but I, I think I need some help but you don't have anybody around you you feel like that's offered that help or you don't know who to go to help. You don't don't even know where to start or maybe you just hate reading. Anybody out there, you're like, I wanna read the Bible, but I, I hate to read. I get it. I don't love to read. Reading though is something, the more you do it, the more you, you love it. Well, maybe you just hate to read. Maybe you, you, you think there's just a lack of understanding. So when you open it up again, it's not just the language that's confusing, but then the passages themselves, the context, when you read it, you're like, man, this seems so foreign. So you just lack how to apply it to your life. You lack understanding, or maybe you just feel like it's not culturally relevant. That, that, that maybe you walked in here and you're new to the faith and you feel like, you know what? I don't think the Bible applies to today. It's an ancient book. It's, it's, it's for, for, for back in the old time, hundreds of years ago, but it's not relevant for my situation today. But I wanna give you a few reasons why I think the Bible is really important and why it matters to you. And I wanna show you um, why the Bible is valid. And then I wanna show you today how you can study the Bible. I love David in the book of Psalms, chapter 19. He gives a bunch of just, just uh, it's like a big run-on sentence of, of why he loves the word of God and its value to our lives. And he starts off in Psalm 19, verse number seven, and he says this, that the Bible is perfect and trustworthy. He says, the instructions of the Lord are, are perfect. You gotta know that about the word of God. Perfect and what? reviving the soul. I love because as he displays or as he talks about what it is, he also gives you the value of it. He says it's perfect, reviving the soul. And then he decrees, or it says the decrees of the Lord are also trustworthy, making wise the simple. 
So he's saying they're perfect and trustworthy. They revive the soul and they give you wisdom. He goes on to say, not only that, they are right and clear. It says the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. I love that. Not only do they bring joy to the heart, but it says that the commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for right living. Just these two scriptures. I mean, think about this, guys. What could bring joy to your heart, insight to your living, wisdom to your heart, revive your soul? The word of God. He goes on to say, not only if that's not enough, they're also true and fair. The laws of the Lord are true and they are, they are fair. So he goes on, he says, they're perfect and they're trustworthy and they're true and they're fair and they revive me and they give me instruction and they give me wisdom. We need that. Anybody ever needed wisdom in your life? The word of God has wisdom. Anybody ever needed direction in your life? The word of God has has direction, and I think that's why David would go on to say this, they're desirable. They're more desirable than gold. Even the finest of gold. I mean, just think about that. King David, as he thought about the words of God, he said they're right and they're true and they're trustworthy and they're perfect and they're clear, and so they are more desirable to me than the finest of gold. As he thought about them, he said, and they're sweeter than honey. Even honey dripping from the comb. Guys, the word of God, it's powerful. It's right. It's clear. And so if that is true, if there is something that we have at our disposal that is available to us that will be better than the finest of golds, that will be more desirable than the sweetest of things, that can give direction to your life, that can give you hope and can give you help, what then shall you do with it? Well, Joshua, in the book of Joshua, he says this about the Bible. He says this book of the law. And he's not just in that time they had the the law and so, but he's referring to the word of God. He said, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but ye shall meditate. Meditate in it, what, day and night, that you may observe according to all that's written in it. For then, so when you meditate on it, when it doesn't depart from your mouth, when you meditate it on it day and night, it says what? Then it will make your way prosperous and you will have good Success, Psalms 1 says this, blessed is the man, some of you guys know this by heart, blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but delights, delights in what? The law of the Lord. And in his law, he does meditate both day and night. See, when he delights in the law of the Lord, How do you know uh, if you're delighting in the law? Well, it's apparent by your hunger for it. Your hunger for the word of God will help you identify whether or not you're delighting in the word of God. He says, and when you delight in the word of God and you meditate on it day and night, guess what happens? It says, you're like a tree planted by rivers of water. It brings forth fruit in season whose leaves shall not wither and whatever you do shall prosper. Two passages of scripture here. Two central ideas, meditation and blessing. 
that when you learn to meditate and when you learn to, to then apply, it brings prosperity. It brings, it brings, you know, vitality. And so today I wanna, I wanna help you understand a big principle and it's this, how to meditate on the word. And that word meditation may be really scary to you because um, in, in many ways, I think maybe our world has hijacked maybe the meaning of, of meditation. Meditation though, in, in, in a biblical sense, is very valuable. You know, in the Eastern context, in Eastern meditation, the goal is to empty your mind. And that can be, um, be very dangerous and to be honest with you, done the right way, very demonic in nature. But the biblical view of meditation is to not empty, but to fill. To fill your mind with what? The word of God. And so there is a view of meditation that is emptying your mind and becoming this higher power and all of this and inviting the wrong things in. But then there's a biblical meditation that is not emptying, but filling your mind with the word of God. Filling your mind with his thoughts. What does it mean to meditate. Well, it's actually not a scary word. It's a biblical word that just means to ponder, to wrestle with, to think over, to discuss. And so when the writer says, in his law, I meditate on it day and night. In his, in his law, I, I, I think about it all the time. I ponder it all the time. I wanna discuss it all the time. And so when they talk about meditating, they just saying, I wanna ponder on this. I wanna wrestle with this. I, wanna, I want this to transform me. And so meditation in a sense here is to fill up and then to, uh, to chew on. Honestly, it, it, it's like, like a cow chewing his cud. To think about, to not let it, de that's why he says, I, I don't let it depart from my mouth. I keep it here on the tip of my tongue. It's in, it's in the front of my mind. Day and night, I think about it. I, I let it move me, I let it change me, I let it, I let it shape me. And when you do that, the writer in the book of Psalms, he gave us some pretty amazing promises. He said, right? He said it would bring forth a couple things. He said it would bring forth fruit in season. And so when we learn to meditate on the word of God, it brings fruitfulness to us. That's the first thing it'll bring to you when you learn to not only read, but to chew on, to ponder, to think about, to discuss the word of God with other people. It brings fruitfulness to your life. I mean, that's amazing. Anybody want a fruitful life? Anybody want to live a life where, where you're displaying fruits? Guess what'll happen? You know those, those things, the fruit of the spirit, love and joy and peace and kind, those things, watch them come alive in your life when you learn to meditate on the word of God and you learn to let it sit on your mouth day and night. It'll come alive. It not only will bring fruitfulness to you, but guess what? It'll bring vitality to you. That's why in John 10 and 10, he says, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life. That word life is zoe, which means vitality. He's come to give us life, vitality. And when you meditate on the word of God, when you ponder it and you think about it and you let it change you, guess what? It goes on to say, your leaves shall not wither. So you're gonna be like a tree planted by the river. You're gonna bear fruit and have leaves that stay green. Anybody ever feel like they've been dry before? Just spiritually dry. 
Guess what? A great thing to do when you're spiritually dry is to get in the word of God, to meditate on the word of God. It says that your leaves shall not wither. You wanna take every brown, cracked, dry, brittle leaf in your life and breathe life back to it will become like a tree planted by a river, the source of nutrient. You're gonna start bearing fruit and you're gonna watch life come back to those things in your life that are dry. The word of God, it, it brings fruitfulness, it brings vitality and it brings success, prosperity. It says it shall bring forth fruit in season whose leaves shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Why? Because it is perfect at making the simple wise. So when I talk about prosperity here, when it talks about prospering, it's because this book is so full of wisdom. There are things in your life that will just work because you will gain wisdom and understanding and insight from its words. You'll prosper in your relationships because you'll learn how to handle them right. You'll prosper in your job because you'll learn to live with integrity and to do things with excellence. All those things are in the word of God. So it's not prosperous in a sense of like when I read the Bible, then somebody's gonna dump money in my lap. No, there are gonna be some value systems that arise and come to the forefront of your mind that when you read them and then you begin to apply them, you'll see some things just work. The Bible works. His ways are right and true and just. And so, how do you meditate? Three things, how do you meditate on the word of God? I think you have to understand first this. It is quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. I think sometimes we struggle with the word of God and reading it because we sit down and maybe we run out of time and we don't have enough time. And so we have this like spiritual guilt you know, all, you, you, you see all your friends on Instagram, Bible in a year, and you're like, I can't read a book in a year. And I'm not talking about this book. I'm talking about one of the 66 books in here in a year. And can I just take the guilt off of you? It's okay. It's okay if you can't shred it in 60 days. It's okay if you can't read the whole thing in a year. But maybe you would start somewhere. And you'd say, you know what? It's not about the quantity of it. It is about the quality of my time in it. I think Instagram has, has given us so much, you know, spiritual quiet time shame. Here I am today in my word again, drinking my coffee. They posted the picture, but they didn't chew on it. It might've been quantity of posting, but was it quality? See, the greatest fruit of, of, of biblical meditation is transformation. The greatest thing about reading the Bible and then beginning to meditate on it day and night and pondering it and thinking about it is allowing it to actually transform you. See, if you just read it and it... You, you, you then don't let it do, I'm not saying reading the whole thing is wrong. You need to, it's beautiful when you get a 30,000 foot view of everything God's done. But don't let the fact that you've never done that keep you from digging into it. You gotta start somewhere. And if you've gotta start somewhere, you've gotta understand this, that a little can go a long ways in your life. Start with a little. Start with the verse of the day. Start with it. You know, if you go to YouVersion, there's a verse of the day that pops up every day. Read it. 
and then meditate on it. Ponder it. Think about it. Think, think, how does this apply to my life? How does this apply to my family? How does this apply to my professional life, my job life, my work life? And then what if you memorize that scripture? And then what if you, what if you begin to apply it to different areas and act on it? You know, I, I think if I was a leader, if I was in, in the business world, man, I, I would live in the book of Proverbs. Seriously, if you lead people, if you own a business in this room, you should live in the book of Proverbs. There's more wisdom in there from some of the greatest, the greatest leader in the world that even if you weren't sure about God, and even if you weren't sure about church, that if you just read the book of Proverbs and then begin to apply and chew, those, it would be better than any leadership book out there on the, uh, uh, in the bookstore. It would change your leadership. It would change, it's that good. The word of God, and a little can go a long ways. And so it's not just, just you know, the, the quality over quantity, but I think it's also depth over width. Here's what I mean by that. When you start reading the Bible, let's make sure you're not just mesmerized by it, but you also let it take root in you. The Bible is a mesmerizing book. When you read it and when you open it up, it is gonna fill you with wonder. You're gonna open up his pages and because it's living and active and it's not a dead, dry book, but it is alive, it is just as alive now as it was 2,000 years ago, it is so alive that it will mesmerize you. Anybody ever opened it up and you started reading, you're like, oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really good. You highlight it out and then you grab your phone, you take a picture and you show everybody it, you know, because it's so good. Am I the only one that's ever done that, right? You're like, oh, that's good. But what if it, it didn't stop at just that's good? What if then you let what is good then take root in you. See, it, it, it says that when you meditate on it day and night, you're like a tree planted. The word of God has the ability, when you allow it to take root in you, to plant you, to get you rooted in him. So when we talked about Colossians, when it says continue to be rooted and built up in him, that's the idea. That, that it wouldn't just be, you know, wow, that's really good, but then you would begin to, begin to do something with it in a way where it rooted you. What do I mean by that? Well, it's the third thing, and it's this. It's doing over knowing. I am really, um, uh, let me say it the nice way. I'm really disappointed in, in, in Christianity at times um, how we will talk about it all day long, but it does nothing inside of us. I have heard countless conversations from s seminary students in a coffee shop debating the word of God. I have heard countless people on Instagram debating the word of God. They know a lot about it and they judge you if you don't. But it's never changed them. Oh, you can know the Bible. The Pharisees knew the Bible. You can know all about it. 
you can quote the whole thing. But if you quote the Bible and read the Bible and, you know, inside and out debate it, but you never let it change you, what good was it for you? It's not just doing. I mean, knowing it is doing. Here's, here's what Matthew says. It says, anyone that listens to my teachings. So, so anyone that, that reads the word of God, that hears the word of God being preached and follows it. So it doesn't just know it doesn't just hear it. So it doesn't say anyone that listens to my teaching and hears it is wise. No, anyone that listens to my teaching and then follows it is wise. He's like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the wind comes and the rain comes and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against the house and all of that, it won't collapse because it's built on a rock. And then he goes on to say this, but anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey it, so they know it, but they don't do anything with it, is foolish. He's like a person that builds his house on sand. That when it rains and when the flood comes and when the winds beat against the house, it's gonna collapse with a a mighty crash. Man, I don't want my life to crash mightily. You don't either. But isn't it true? We've all seen people have mighty crashes. We've all seen marriages with mighty crashes. We've all seen relationships with mighty crashes. We've seen leaders with moral struggles have mighty crashes. We've seen sons and daughters go the way of the world and have a mighty crash. See, because it's not just hearing, but it's doing. It's not just quantity. I read the whole book, but did you have any quality in the book? It's not just the width, but it's the depth. It's letting scripture take root in you and then doing something with it. So here's my challenge for you this week. Get a paper Bible. Say, well, I use the Bible on my phone. That's fine. I wanna push back against that because if you're anything like me, your phone is gonna notify you about something while you're on it and it'll distract you. And so I'm just helping you eliminate some distractions. Get a paper Bible, something about it. Just, you've got one in your house. If you don't, we'll give you one. Come out to the black tent and uh, we've got a Bible for you. And if for some reason they don't have one, then I will mail you one this week. I will drop it off at your house. We will get you a Bible. Get a paper Bible and then just set aside a time to read it. I'm not gonna tell you when that is. Anytime, I don't care. I don't care if it's one minute, five minutes, a hundred minutes all day. And just do this, read it until something sticks out to you. Just start there, just read it until something mesmerizes you. And then let it go from mesmerization to transformation. And don't just read it, but then chew on it, meditate on it. So get a Bible, 
open it up and then find something that sticks out this week and ponder on it, chew on it, discuss it, discuss it with a friend, call somebody and talk about it. And you know what? You may just sit on that verse all week. All week, maybe, maybe that, that one verse, you sit on it all week. You don't open it up again, but you memorize it, you journal it, you begin to think through it, you begin to ponder it and really ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, let this scripture this week transform me and let it take root in me. Let it take root in me in a way that when, when the rain comes, the flood waters, like they start rising and the winds start beating up against me that I won't collapse because there'll be something rooted in me that I'll draw from. I'll say, no, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. I think if you do that, man, your life will, you be changed. This could be a year of transformation for you. A major, major year where you are rooted in him and built up in a new way. Your faith is strengthened. You begin to overflow with thankfulness. So can you resolve with me? As a church, can this be the year of the Bible? Will you resolve with me to make a regular habit of reading the word, but also meditating on it. Don't just read it. Let it transform you and change you. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see how it impacts your life, your leadership, your parenting, your marriage. It'll change you. It'll root you. You'll see. You'll see a life where you're, you're fruitful, where there's vitality and there's success because you've learned to get rooted in the word of God. So I hope you'll do it. You don't have to, but you get to. Luther said this, he said, I, when, he, when he talked about being, being in, a, in a prosperous place, he said, I, 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 um, I couldn't live in, 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 in this world of goodness without it. He said, I just, I, I wouldn't want to. I just, I wouldn't want to do my life without this. And so I hope that that would be true of you. You just wouldn't want to do your life without it. Can I pray for you? Father, this year, may our church resolve to make Bible reading a regular habit. And may it change them and transform them. May they never be the same. May there be a hunger right now that's birthed in them. Just something catalytic may it happen in a moment right now. That Father, they wake up in the morning 
with a hunger to read it. They wake up with a nudge to open it. And as they open it, may it begin to transform them. With nobody looking around, if you're in here today and everybody's eyes continue to be shut. If you're in here today and you don't know Jesus, you've walked in, you're far from God, but you would say, you know what? Today's the day where I'm ready to put my faith and my hope in him. I'd love to give you an opportunity to do so. Now the Bible says that anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Without calling on him, he cannot save us. You have to allow the savior to be your savior. So he came and died on a cross for you, but you've got to receive that gift of salvation. It's as simple as just saying, Jesus, I need you. I need you. And the minute you open your heart up to him, the Bible says you confess with your mouth, Jesus, I, I just, I repent, I'm sorry. You make him Lord of your life. In that moment, you'll be saved. So I wanna give you an opportunity to do so, to just call on him if you would say, that's me today, I need to make him Lord of my life, call on him. I'm repenting of my past, living a life without him, and today I'm putting all my faith, hope, and trust in the God of the universe. And I'm asking him to make me fully alive and to save me. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you. And I'd love to just give you a moment to say I'm calling on you. As you slip up your hand, maybe out loud or in your heart, would you just say, Jesus, I need you. I need you, Jesus. If that's you, nobody's looking around. Would you just slip up your hand? Just say, Jesus, I need you. Thank you so much. I saw your hand in the back. What an incredible moment. What an incredible decision you just made. Your life's gonna be forever changed. I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. Just say, Jesus, I give you all of me for all of you. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Make me fully alive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.